0: Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products.
1: Today, I'm very excited to uh, introduce uh, our guest, Danielle Cooper. It's first, next to Corinne Phillips. Uh, Danielle uh, launched She's a Gent, a blog that celebrates and explores personal style while also using it as a tool to bring awareness to women in menswear. In a very short period of time, She's a Gent has, trans- has transformed into a multi-digital publication which creates visibility for the LGBTQ plus and K- or QPOC communities. Um, She's a Gent has been recognized in Forbes, the New York Times, the Huff Post, Out Magazine, Vogue, and Nike. As the founder of a multi-network digital platform, that uses fashion as visual activism, Danielle is committed to empowering others through content creation and storytelling. Xiao Yang is next to Danielle. Xiao is the founder of the Tailory. The Tailory New York began when she decided to direct her years of fashion, design, and men's tailoring experience towards uh, her own wardrobe. Um, She's a pantsuit aficionado and a lover of men's fashion, uh, conveying the same message of confidence that a perfect custom-tailored suit did for men. She likes to bring that to women. Uh, Style icons like Sean Connery and Cary Grant, as well as Daniel Craig, are all part of her inspiration. Uh, The Tailory is a custom clothing company that combines modern fashion design with the heritage of custom tailoring. Uh, They live by the notion that your wardrobe should not only fit perfectly, but should be designed with only you in mind, uh, with impeccable fit, custom design pieces that integrate seamlessly into anyone's lifestyles. Thank you so much, Danielle and Xiao, for coming, and I'm gonna turn the time over to Corinne, our host for yes, today.
0: thank you, thank you guys. Well, thank you for having me back here at FIT, Faces and Places. Um, as uh, Josh mentioned, Transition of Style is a podcast that discusses the intersection of personal style and gender identity, and so today, these guests are a dream come true. I'm going to try not to do a bunch of gushing up here um, because it's not a good look. Um, But I'm really excited today because these guys, I've been following them both for some time and I I just cannot wait to start asking them questions. I am going to read my questions today because I want to stay on message and stay on topic and I don't want to meander. So I'm going to read these questions. So if it looks like, you know, a little formal, it's, it's a little more formal, but these guys are awesome and we're going to we're gonna get informal at times. Uh, so, Xiao, Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Thanks it's just a, it's a complete us. pleasure, it's can guys, awesome. Can you guys hear us? <laughs> yeah, can you hear us? Can we can okay, hear us? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> awesome, all right, so guys, so I wanna find out how the collaboration between the two of you guys started. I mean, that's, that's the first thing i got to ask, because you, you guys work together a lot. Yeah. You know, at the end of the podcast, we can talk about you know, how to find them on Instagram. If you go to their, each of their Instagrams, you'll see that they are kind of sometimes on each other's Instagram, and yeah. they are doing a lot of things together, and I cannot wait to find out how the collaboration took place.
2: I, I started blogging in 2014, and when I started blogging, uh, it was all about personal style, and that came from off the rack. Yeah. One of the things with blogging, it's not just about writing on the blog and then using social media as a tool to get people to the blog, but it's about going out and networking. And so I was networking at an event and came across a brand that Shao actually had worked with, a shoe company, who then introduced me to her. And that's how we started to kind of forge this relationship. So you started around the same time.
3: I probably started six months before... I met you. Yeah. Really, yeah. really. That's yeah. So we met very early on oh, in our wow. journey. So I think it was like kind of fate. Yeah. It was like meant to be.
2: That's amazing.
3: <laughs> and so Shao's team then reached out to me.
0: Can you guys
2: bring and up your microphones hey, you know, a want oh, to come sorry. In and yeah. yeah. Better. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so um, we want to want you to come in, meet us, and and just kind of share my journey. And it was all about again being a woman in menswear. Mm-hmm. And so Shao loved kind of this. This boss woman show, showcasing suiting, yeah. and I mean, one of the first women we talked about—we were all on the scandal bench. Yeah, we were. Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about like <laughs> Olivia <it>. Pope, like <laughs> that kind right. of attitude. Right, right. She awesome. wanted. Um, kind of like She that. saw, yeah. kind of through my page. So we came together and we started working together. Um, very organically in the beginning. Right. It was just about her getting pieces on me, yeah. but also educating me on custom clothing. Because Amazing. when I came in, I mean, I was wearing men's clothing that I had tailored yes. or taken to yes. a tailor. And it just, certain things didn't fit properly. Of course. Of course. So then I quickly started partnering with Shao,
0: and the rest is history. But yeah, here's the question, years later. what is the shoe, so you were working with a shoe company? Is that no,
3: we, I wasn't, like, well, we yeah. knew this, we need the founders of this shoe company, okay. and I think you just met them, you ran into them at an event, mm-hmm. right, yeah, and then I think they reached out to me the next day and was like, we met, you know, um, Danielle Cooper, she's a Jens, and we think you would really love her, you know, her style, and her aesthetic, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. I'm like,
2: yeah, and I, I don't yeah. want to get too ahead because I know we're going to answer some of these <laughs> questions, but one of the reasons I think that he connected me to Xiao is because, again, I'm a woman in menswear, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and a lot of brands don't want to step out of that traditional right. box and right. partner yeah. with me because right. of that. Right. So Shao saw that and was like, you know what, let's change saying, the
0: game. Yeah. I can completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, when we had Elliott Sailors here uh, last year one of the things that we, she mentioned that I thought was really interesting was the idea that, uh, she said they mentioned, is that if a woman models uh, suiting from a men's company, a company mm-hmm. that's run by men, mm-hmm. um, created for men, then men don't want to wear it. They're like, yeah, I can't do that. A chick wore it, so now yeah. mm-hmm. I can't wear it, which is yeah. kind of crazy and ridiculous. Yeah. You know? I mean, when I, when I first started, there was just
2: so much negativity that I got from that because back then people were reposting you and it was just like, I can just vividly remember this one comment, but not to get off topic, yeah, totally. they don't. Shit. Well, yeah, <laughs> the comment basically was like, a woman should be in an apron in the kitchen, not in a suit. Wow. Verbatim. You're kidding me. No. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just, me. you know, Fair so partnering point. with Xiao and her wanting to change this game and really just showcase androgynous fashion mm-hmm. or women in menswear was mm-hmm. like a dream come true. Chow.
0: Kudos to you, my friend. <laughs> Kudos. So, to me, it sounds as though um, when I kind of I kind of read your story, it sounded yeah. as though Shao that you started the, the tailory because you didn't see suits that you wanted. That like, there yes, were suits, absolutely. there was suiting for women, but it wasn't the suiting that you wanted. Mm-hmm. That was structured enough that right. you know it had the style that you wanted. Mm-hmm. So, I, I want to talk to you about. It seems though you know especially with your collaboration with Danielle, there's a lot of people in the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. queer community that are coming to you for suits right now, mm-hmm. um, so you 've become to be known as somewhat of a you know an ally and, and a safe haven for a lot of right. those people and i 'm curious as to did you see that happening because it sounds like you started Taylor thinking, I need more suiting options and right. I need to create those suiting options right. But did you ever expect it was going to be this, you know, this thing where like now queer people are like, oh my God, I'm flocking to this person because I can get a suit. I can get something that's going to fit my body, you
3: know? No, um, I didn't in the beginning. You know, when I was, you know, I've been in the custom suiting game for a very long time. Okay. And when I first started, I was one of the only women in a very like male dominated industry. And, you know, there's a lot of, I saw the exclusion in that field. Because as a woman, they expected you to act a certain way, to represent yourself a certain way, and to dress a certain way. And that's just not who I am. And I've always wanted to challenge that. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten in trouble many times (laughs) for challenging the norm, Um, like not wearing heels to work one day because I hurt my foot. Um, I actually got sent home.
0: What, I, if you were working for a place I was working
3: you to for a custom student company and I was one of the, the heads I was at the top um, directing and, and designing and there's a strict dress code in place and it was always like oh you know women should look a certain way and heels Whoa. was definitely Whoa. you know something that they expected of you right. and I love heels right. don't get me wrong right. I'm wearing heels today but you know I don't feel like I have to wear it just Wears. because right. So one day I actually hurt my toe and I had to go to the office and I wore flats. It was just Imagine a plain flat. And I walked in. and I remember my boss, he looked at me and he says, what are you wearing today? You're not properly dressed for work. And I say, I hurt my toe. I can't actually fit them in you know, four inch stilettos. Like oh I, you know, I had to come in. He's like, you can't, you, you, you're not dressed properly. You have to go home. I was sent home. I was like the first time I ever got sent home for like, not That's wearing a certain you know article of clothing or a certain type of shoe, um, yeah. and but I saw that and that was not new to me. Like mm-hmm. the I, the concept wasn't you know the idea that it's very exclusionary and like everybody just uh, it was like a men's club and there was like a certain viewpoint. Um, right. But that day I was like, wow, this is this is real, mm-hmm. like this kind of, you know, idea that a woman needs to look at her is really real.
0: Right.
3: Um, and that partnered up with the fact that, like, I personally love menswear mm-hmm. and I love suiting in general, not that it's menswear, but I love suiting. So with that, like, I've always wanted to create a space where people like me who maybe don't fit into the typical norm of what everybody feels like you should be wearing? Like right. you can go somewhere and you can like feel comfortable and be yourself and get something made. That's how, why I started the tailory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you know, as you know, I met Danielle like very soon after I started the tailory. Yeah. And when she told me her story about her struggles in the menswear space and not being able, not being accepted. Right when yeah. you walk into a store and you're like, I'm looking for a certain type of clothing and you get stared at yeah. or yeah. they don't make you feel comfortable. Yeah. That really resonated with me, and I think that's when I realized that the tailoring had a purpose. You know, and the purpose was to introduce the idea that you can be whoever you want, you can wear whatever you want, and there's no gender to clothing, Mm -hmm. and it's just about expressing yourself in a certain way, and you shouldn't be judged for it, you know? So, like, I feel very honored to be an ally and very honored to be able to create, you know, to help my clients and help people Kind of create their own visual identity and be proud of who they are, and like I'm part of that journey. Yes, like everyone's very inspirational to me, and yes. I'm like very happy to be, you know, a part of that. Fantastic,
0: so, I, I love know, it. I would you,
3: love to continue. Yes, please continue. I mean, <laughs> to
0: That whole safe haven um, situation is very is very real. I mean, right. I I have also experienced walking into you know a uh, menswear. Uh, Clothing store and getting the stairs and getting right. the looks and yeah. you know as if my money somehow doesn't work there, right. you know, which is very strange. You know, yeah. because or like it's you like, can't
3: shop here. Right?
0: Can I be a patron here mm-hmm. or not? It's like it's the strangest thing, but. Um, so thank you very much for what you're doing, because it's it's incredible, and it's important. I'm, Danielle, I'm sure you would say plenty about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. She's so, changed
2: my wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <I've>, <laughs> we kind of try to count your suits. Right? I know, yeah. <laughs> you were way off. You, yeah. you're, you're getting up there. You're getting up there. It's, it's really great. Um, so Danielle, for you, you know, so I've been following you on social media for a really long time, and your your look is always clean. It's impeccable. It's like really nice... A good, clean aesthetic. Um, so when did you start dabbling in menswear? When did that whole thing start? It's,
2: it's been some years. So I've always been in menswear in some shape or form. Like I was a tomboy growing up. I played basketball all my life. Yeah. So uh, back then in the 90s, it was a lot of about, yeah, kind of there. <laughs> um, it was all about like that urban meets athletic leisure meets oversized. You know, if you you know TLC, (laughs) that kind of style. Um, So in some capacity, I was always um, in menswear. But it wasn't until I moved to Germany as I I played basketball overseas, Mm. and I was living out there that I got to see European style all day long, Uh, and I just fell in love. With the, the, it's so sophisticated Mm -hmm. and dapper, and the fit is just, it's, the fashion is impeccable. Um, and at that same time, my ex had me watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians. And if you guys know Scott
0: Disick, back then,
2: uh, the boy could dress. I don't know what
0: happened. But I, I, had no, I had no idea your answer would go. go
2: I was not into it, Keeping keep up, up With, with the, the Kardashians, Kardashians right. but I, I love Scott Disick. His, his style is just flawless. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was around that time that I started to tr- transition and really get into proper menswear, yeah. I yeah. like to say. Yeah. Um, and then, so over the years, I kind of just started to, one piece at a time, yeah. curate this wardrobe yes. that turned into this dapper collection of suiting yeah. and, 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 and tailored pieces um, before I met yeah. this one here. Of course, <laughs> yeah. of course.
0: So before you met her, though, so you, I would imagine she she wasn't your first custom suit. I no. would imagine. Well, right? no, so. she was. She was my first. Oh, custom really? suit. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So before, because okay, that's fascinating. Yeah. I would assume that you had just done some custom suiting um, around and then found Sharon was like, nope, I'm stopping here. No. <laughs> this is this is what, this is where I want to live. This is great.
2: Well, it it goes back to the being comfortable to shop in certain places or, or be in certain houses, and a lot of the custom clothing companies that I knew at the time were all men, and there was mm-hmm. just it, it's right. uncomfortable. Yes, it is. You know, because they're questioning you as to why you you want your clothing to fit a certain way. You know, why is it that you don't want a really fitted uh, suit with, you know, flared legs? And that's fine for somebody, but I like the way men's suiting looks. I like the cut. So I was shopping off the rack. You know, Top Man was actually my go-to yep. because of their, the variety of sizes that they have. They start all the way down at a super skinny and then go up to regular. Mm-hmm. So that size fit me, and then I would still have to take it and get it tailored, but it never fit me properly. Of course,
0: of course. So c- question about Top Man, because that's interesting, because I know they're, you know, I, I style people sometimes and I take them to, to Top Man for the, for the variety of, of sizes, but mm-hmm. also because it's a comfortable environment. Yeah, yeah, You know, you have some of the people working in the, in the shops that I've been at Top Man, Mm -hmm. you don't get the questions. You don't get the stairs. You just you they're just shopping, right? You're just shopping. You're not getting so so much blowback. It's so fluid in there. Exactly. You know, and
2: even in in, even in Europe and I always think that Europe or well in the UK, because that's where I shopped at Top Man is people don't care what you look like or what you wear. You know, it's just it's about style. It's not about your gender. But yeah, it was just they were the only store coming from Europe or the UK that mm-hmm. had the sizes that I need mm-hmm. to fit my body because I'm you know I'm kind of short. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they, they they're the ones. And yeah. so before then though, so we're talking about just getting things tailored. So you had you found a tailor that worked with you. Yeah. You were you were comfortable with that? Yeah. Um, because y- you know the truth is, is like I you know I do sell people and I I would love for everyone just to go get custom, but sometimes they can't all. Yeah, afford not everybody it. So, can afford it. So when them. they you know until they can. You're t- the tailor sometimes your yeah, best. Yeah, you friend, have right? to
2: find the one that works for you. I got really lucky with finding one around the corner from my house. Oh wow um it was it was actually like a a, a cleaning shop meets tailor it was <laughs> you know whatever but it's yeah so getting the job done yeah they it's got fine. the job done i went in there but the unfortunate thing is that your bill racks up really quickly when you're getting your clothing tailored i mean you're going to go buy a suit off the rack that's going to cost of x amount of dollars of and you have to take it to get tailored yes. and i didn't know at the time that in getting it tailored they're changing and altering the construction of the suit yeah. mm-hmm. yes. and so uh, yes. again these are a lot of things that i learned over the course of the year working with shao But that's why I just say that if it, you know, Shao changed
0: everything. It was like a breath of fresh air. Oh my gosh, that's such a great collaboration. I love it. So Shao, I have a question for you. So in your opinion, (laughs) it seems like there's a shift happening in custom suiting, right? Yeah. Seeing a lot more custom suiting places. It seems like. I I mean, I, I don't remember seeing as many as we. We're seeing now, yeah. And so I'm curious, like, what? Why do you think that's happening, first of all? And then also, what do you think makes the tailories sort of stand out? I know what makes it stand out. <laughs> you tell me what makes it stand out.
3: <laughs> I think people are, I think they craving for like individuality. You know, I think people are tired of seeing the same thing happening in fashion, and every fashion houses is talking about the same trends. And you know, I think people want to be able to customize and curate their their wardrobe and yeah. their identity, and their lifestyle a little bit more. So we are seeing a lot more um, custom kind of not just clothing. It could be custom anything, right? Yes. I think yes. we're starting to see a little bit more of that happening. Um, I think that's a the great thing.
0: Yeah.
3: So with. I think our approach to custom is a little different than other clothiers. I think a lot of clothiers think about, oh, well, first of all, when they think about custom clothing, the first thing that comes to their mind is custom suits. Mm-hmm. That's like the, as if that's the only thing that can be custom, right? With us, it's True. a little bit more about just clothing in general. It could be anything, we can custom anything. It doesn't right. have to be a suit. right? And with other clothiers, or most of them, they think, they think in a very linear way you know, the process is very linear and mm-hmm. the, the way they imagine the suit to be is also very linear. Mm. So they're thinking, okay, you come in and you pick a fabric and you pick a lining then you pick a button and, <laughs> you know, you pick the style of the suit and the style of the suit is always very masculine. Right. It's always one particular suit. Right, right. Um, And that's okay, you know, right. that's what, you know, that's an introduction to custom clothing. If that's what you're looking for, then it's, it's very easy. Um, with us, we, Try to think a little bit outside the box because Mm -hmm. for us, you know, suiting doesn't have to only derive from menswear. It shouldn't have to be just, oh, the men wear it this way. So as a person in suiting, you have to look a certain way. You know, you can, but there's also a lot of other ways to wear a suit. And there's a lot of things you can do to a suit that could be completely individual. You know, so like, I mean, we we do a lot of very interesting things at the space. So if you come in and you're like, I want to let's with the cape. Like, yeah, sure, we can make that. Um, you know, I mean, we yeah. just did a kimono have, have you, suit. Have you
0: had to make that?
3: I did have to make that, and it was a lot of fun. I
0: <laughs> I would love to, to see a Figure photo out
3: that. like, you know, it's how amazing. the cape is going to fall, and like amazing. how to take off the cape. I um, love it. You know, that that kind of that process is what makes it super fun yeah. to work with us, you know, like we really listen and we want to make sure we get you something that you truly truly want. Yes. So, yeah, it's like, you know, we can do anything. I mean, she's
2: she's really innovative. I, re- I remember <laughs> when we really started to think outside of the box even more. Like, yeah. take, for example, the suit that I'm wearing right now. Yeah. This is traditionally a pinstripe suit mm-hmm. that is vertical. Yeah. But she just decided to flip it. Amazing. It was just like, why don't we just turn it this way? I,
3: I don't looking. know why yes. I did that. Okay,
0: <laughs> why not? Like, what am I supposed to say? No? <laughs>
2: like, you know? And so she's just, she constantly is thinking outside of the box and great. finding new ways to, you know, merge different fabrics together contrast colors um you know just change anything you can Mm -hmm. to make it look different Mm -hmm. and not recycled so to speak against
0: right like things that are off the rack yeah. yeah yeah I mean I've definitely seen you do that there's no doubt about it I mean like I've had friends who come in and like <laughs> ask for something you're like sure we can do that like this no- yeah I think that's it's kind of like a candy store when you it go into the tailoring. I must say it's we like, don't say no right to like, nothing is a no Everything's everything <laughs> yeah a yes. everything's yeah. like
3: yeah sure we can do it even if we haven't done it before right you're gonna we'll you like, figure it out okay yeah we can do it yeah. well there's always a way right if yeah. you want it done like We'll find a way and we'll make it happen.
0: So, Danielle, you must have walked in there and been like, oh, my
2: God. <laughs> so, I still get anxiety when I'm trying to pick out a suit. Like, a lot of the time, Shao is finishing the suits, like, the details that are inside the lining. Yeah. Because, like, I'm yeah. like, girl, I, I need a minute. This was a lot. Yeah. Um, because, again, like, just looking at the fabrics, it's like... You want me
0: to pick from that, right? <laughs> right. You can, you can have anything you want. Yeah. That's you know, it's incredible because I think that going and buying stuff off the rack, if you, if that's your own experience with retail, you can get into a situation where you think you can't have what you want, yeah. right? It's really you, you go. You Very go, common. You go to, people go to the tailgate with the mindset of, oh my god. I can have anything. Like they, right. they're they still very shocked it. when
3: they come in. I can imagine <laughs>
0: with, I, I wish you could just, you know, have Polaroids with people yeah. like, What? Yeah. Like their eyes bugging out of their heads because they're like, they can have whatever they want and like a cape on their suit or, or whatever the case is. That's pretty
2: yeah, incredible. It, anything. I yeah. think there's also a misconception about the price of custom. Yes, and I'm not right. saying it, it
0: isn't more you expensive. Know, speak, speak to that. Because yeah. that's, that is something that a lot of the people I know mm-hmm. do feel like they are concerned that they can't afford it. So Yeah. I mean,
2: and like she's going to have to say the prices because I'm going to get them wrong. I've been getting them wrong <laughs> for four years. But, like... If you are somebody who enjoys designer or something that is of better quality, then you're going to be spending hundreds of dollars on a piece. Like Even if you think of it, about a shirt, a button up can cost you, if it's great quality, a yeah. hundred and something dollars. Right. Why not just get it custom then? Right. Right.
3: You well, know? Just a little bit more
2: than for, that. Yeah, slightly, <laughs> slightly more and then it does fit you, yeah. it, it, you know, in every way it should. Right. Um, but I think that that's what happens a lot of time. That certainly was something for me as I was like, you know, it's just cheaper to get it off the rack, right. and like, no, I'll just wait till it goes on sale. But for all that, once I get it tailored anyways, I just might as well have gotten a you custom got, suit, yeah. or, or a right. piece. Okay, you uh, okay. Know.
1: Can, and, I ju- and, can I jump in real quick? So how do you educate your consumer then in terms, because if they're walking in and it's a candy store, right, right. and it's custom, there's already this idea that it's, it could be potentially more expensive. What's, what's sort of the process that you walk your customer through?
3: I think what's really great about our pricing structure is that it's all inclusive, right? So um, once you pick the fabric, that already determines the price of your suit. So however you design it, it's already included. So they don't get super overwhelmed with deciding whether they want this button if it's gonna be a little extra, right? Everything is included, so it's great. And we always work with our clients within their budget. You know, if they come in, they say my budget is X, we're not going into like, push them towards something that they can't, you know, that isn't within their budget. Awesome. So we, we have a lot of conversations. It's very transparent, it's very open, and we have conversations to kind of make sure we keep them in budget, and we also get them what they really want, you know? And with our pricing, in terms of the industry, we're actually really well priced. Mm-hmm. We're very affordable, and it is going to cost, a, you know, a custom suiting is going to cost more than what you would buy off the rack but it's an investment piece and mm-hmm. it's something that you're going to have for a very very long time mm-hmm. and when we work with our clients we always try to educate them on the fact that you know you buy one suit and that's your foundation mm-hmm. and with that one suit we can always build on top of that suit and then we can create a very modular wardrobe where you're getting a lot of a lot of different options for a lot of different events with very limited pieces so it's yeah. like a lot less waste but a lot more um, quality in yes. clothing yeah. so it's not disposable fashion it's right. not fast fashion that you're investing in mm-hmm. but you're investing in long-term pieces yeah which i think You know, it's more valuable in the long run. I'm sure Danielle can speak to that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but it's pretty incredible. I'll say this though. I think that people who have tried, like, they get a custom piece, whether it's pants or a shirt or anything, they get. Bit by the bug, and yeah, <laughs> it's no going it's kind back.
3: Of, yeah, right? I also warn people about that too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it, can, you? It, yeah. it can become an addiction.
0: <laughs> it, it, um, it is. It's an addiction, I, I feel like which I've is heard.
1: good for you. Right?
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a good
0: addiction to have, right? There are there are bad vices. Right. That's, that's not one, that's not one of them. As as long as I don't gain weight, I'm good to go. <laughs>
2: right? You know.
0: Yeah, you know that's that's interesting. I was thinking about that. So how do you deal with that? Like if people like you know with a custom uh, with custom pieces, yeah. What if someone you know. I, don't I mean, we work with that too. Yeah. We
3: can, you know, we always leave little allowance in yeah, there. I was as, wondering. You wondering. Know, we, le- we can open it a little it bit. A we little can bit. take it in a little bit. Yeah. You know.
0: I'll be that person, like I don't want her to let it out yet.
3: <laughs> oh, we get a lot of that too. Like, oh, just I know it's tight, but just give me five weeks, I'll be fine. <laughs>
1: but that's part of the education, right? Because custom really is an ongoing relationship. Right. It's not like you get a it suit is. and then you never see those customers right. again. Right. Yeah.
3: And we see the same.
0: Oh, I'm sure you see the same
3: people the time, over and over again. they got bit by the bug
0: and now they're
1: coming back
3: for sure. You know, they still, I mean, I have clients for like 10, 15 years now, they still call me, um, not to buy a suit, just like, just to ask me, can I wear these pair of socks with these pants or like, (laughs) I'm going to an event, can I wear this tie with a suit? Yeah, it's, it's a relationship, you know, it's, we're building a rapport and- you know, I think I, it's great.
2: I do it as well, and I'm yeah. a fashion blogger.
3: But, you know, every now <laughs> Lot, and then it's like, text. I need,
2: you know, I, I, have, <laughs> I, other, I any need any a little advice life. on this one. You know, I think it works, but just tell me what you right, think. Right. Right. But it says it's part of also trying to step outside of the box yes. and do things that yeah. are new and yeah. innovative. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that obviously is what sets Taylor apart from others like, that personal touch is pretty big, yeah. like we were talking yeah. about how hard you work and you know how much how many hours you spend right you know this one's telling her to go home she's still at the <laughs> office and so it's it's uh that personal touch really means a lot i am I'm going to imagine your customers really love it
3: yeah you know? I'm very hands on
0: Oh, good I awesome.
3: involved with every
0: step i can yeah. see that good. <laughs> it's, it's really good it's really good so danielle, for you now i I want to ask you um so. You're an influencer. You've been doing this for a while. You have been, you know, you've done a lot. You've kind of met with a lot of success doing it. So tell me about, you know, being a queer woman of color, um, as an influencer, tell me some of the challenges you, that you kind of run into. Because I can imagine yeah. <laughs> that you could speak at length by some of the challenges, yeah, you know they, what I mean? There's some great things happening, but I'm sure there are some challenges.
2: Yeah, I, when I first started blogging, actually, I didn't share that I was on the spectrum because I wanted it to just be about fashion. But what I noticed with that is that I'm still a woman in menswear, so people you know, had an issue with that. I'm not traditional. Um, I vividly remember brands just saying after they had agreed to work with me, mm-hmm. then getting on the phone with me, finally pulling up my account, because they don't tend to do that right away, and saying, you know what, actually, we prefer women in womenswear and men in menswear. You know, whereas I look at fashion as a very non-binary thing. You know, it's just about it's about clothing. It doesn't really matter how you um what which rack you shop off of. But now, as I've evolved, what I've kind of learned is that the issues that I'm having are around whether you want to categorize it as race or ethnicity, Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know, people of color traditionally make a lot less money right. than um, white Americans, if right. we're just thinking in terms of this country. So just kind of giving that pushback as to like, why I deserve as much, if not more, than mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not just about that pretty picture or the, the video that you see, right? There's all these things that I also put into that. Mm-hmm. So trying to educate people on why I am so important mm-hmm. um, has kind of been my struggle over the years. And yes, I've been fortunate and I'm still doing my work and this is my full-time job, right. but there's just constantly that battle of like, I deserve just as much as other people. Right. Um, but yeah, between the two, it's just, it, it has to do with, it's funny, actually, because over the last two years, I'm sure you can attest to this, we're trending.
0: yeah. Yes, so we are trending. being a woman of color, yeah. um, being a woman,
2: being yeah. on the spectrum, yeah. you're kind of winning. So yeah. that's that's working out for me right now, but there's still those people that need to be educated. Interesting.
0: So are you finding that since we are trending, yes, it's true, um, you're having a lot fewer of those those Discussions about why you need why you should be getting paid as much.
2: so I'm, I'm having less of that conversation And now the other struggle and I don't think that this is something that I just face. I think this is an industry as a whole um, or for for influencers is that educating Brands on what we are really doing and why they should be paying us mm. and so like it's really simple Influencers are the modern-day billboard and magazine mm-hmm. the only difference is that now you can track right our work right so when you think about it if a brand invested into um into a magazine they couldn't they don't know who shopped off of that piece of paper right they don't even know who bought it that's right you know if, right. You, if there was a billboard that's right how many eyes really saw it right. right right and so now we have those metrics right so i think that that's where like the learning is really coming in now yeah. is saying hey guys this is why you should bring me on and, and um compensate me for my work. Mm-hmm. But not only that, mm-hmm. by bringing me to your brand, I'm widening your audience. Right. Because for a long time, you were just very one-sided. Now right. you have LGBTQ+, right. women, right. masculine presenting, That's androgynous, right. same-sex couple because I'm in a partnership. Right. You know, there's all these other things right. that I can give you, right. and that opens up your demographic even more. Yes. So it's just about constantly educating people on this change of digital media and marketing.
1: I think it's so interesting that you said that you know, we're trending or this idea that uh, queer today, especially around gender neutral clothing and just um, gender fluidity. Um, so how do you deal with some of the brands that are kind of queer washing, as a, for lack of a better word, oh, that are trying to hire somebody like you to show yeah. that they're Yeah,
2: I, 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 I love that you said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? um, I really pick and choose. So I tend to do a lot of my research on brands, so it's not just about them. Okay. Queer washing—it's yeah, yeah. about like really what's your history? Yes. What's your history with women? What's your history with minorities as a whole mm-hmm. or um, underrepresented, underprivileged people? Yes. And I look at that before I just go on to the if they're queer washing or not. But um, it's 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 learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't always get it right, but I try to really pay attention. And then I kind of educate brands on again going back to why do you really want to work with me? Mm-hmm. Is it that you just want somebody that is queer, mm-hmm. masculine-presenting, black? Mm -hmm. You know, you want to fill all those bubbles or is it that this is something you were already doing because we know in fashion, they work six months to a year out. So were you thinking about this before the trend? Mm -hmm. You know, so again, going back to their history, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's constantly just doing my research. It's not always about, it's not always about the money, you know?
1: And if I may, so it's sort of interesting that the industry is more embracing of um, you know the queer perspective, and yet we're seeing these things happen happen you know. with Gucci and Prada. And yeah. I'm just curious what you think about that.
2: I mean, what you what say? don't you think it's, about that? It's, yeah, it's it's been challenging when I think about the history um, of this country, when I think about my family, my ancestors. Um, but then on the other side, I had to step back and not let it personally affect me and think about what normal people don't see. I'm not saying that you guys are normal in here. <laughs> but like most people think that it's just about the sales if you're shopping, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's about the clicks. So the more buzz brands get, i.e. the protesting, mm. the more sales they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just rather than, cause I was one of those people in the beginning, I was very frustrated about what was going on. And then I was like, you know what? How about I don't say anything? Right and right. don't contribute to right. that sale. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Because if, if less of us protested and paid attention to every little thing, and we were having this conversation early yeah. or about yeah. sometimes, if I'm talking about just the queer community, we're too radical yeah. about things that we don't need to talk about.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So like
2: now, if I'm talking about people of color, sometimes if we just take a step back, we would actually not contribute to them making money. Mm. And it's the same thing with H&M. I mean, they had their worst quarter after they put out the um sweater mm-hmm. and that's because people actually were like you know we're not going to go to the store we're not going to click right right right
0: I mean it's funny so we need to be
2: like less involved
0: right you're right and that's a good actually a very good point point. and it, it actually I have to go back to Elliot again um because it's one of the things that they were talking about was how um if you if you see something you like and you want to see more of it then then speak up about it yeah. so this is the complete opposite yeah of that. Mm-hmm. don't say a word no right don't give them the attention don't give them the clicks don't say a word yeah. I, I, that's a very interesting. I don't think a lot of people are thinking along those lines. Yeah. They want to voice their frustration. And they want to let people know this is bullshit. You yeah, know, come on. And that's
2: what—that's the control that social media has over us. Mm-hmm. We see something and we want to be involved because we feel like if we're involved, then we're doing the right thing. Right. We're, we're activists right. now, right. but we don't always have to be involved. Right. We can have the conversations like we're having right here, and right. it has
0: nothing to do with the brand. Right. Mm-hmm. Not bringing attention to them. Yeah. In particular, uh, that's that's really good. Well said. Uh, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Shao. Back to you. <laughs> so you know, we talked a little bit about this, and I, and I feel like you probably get asked about this a lot. But as a woman in a male-dominated field, there are not a lot of women who are doing suiting companies. Like, no. what would you, you must have some pearls of wisdom that you can pass on <laughs> to, to women that are getting into suiting and want to do, um, just to kind of get into that business. What would you say, what, what is a really good piece of advice that you'd give to them?
3: Good question. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, why did I start it? But you um, knew it was coming, though. I knew it was coming, yes. I, you know, I know it sounds really cheesy and cliche to say, but, like, don't give up. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. if you really believe in your idea, if you really believe in this concept, like, I really believed in this women's wear, um, tailored clothing, custom clothing company for women. Like, I really believed it. You're, you know, if you believe something, you're the constant. Yeah. So you're the one that has to fight for it. So you can't give up. You have to keep going, and, in, and it doesn't just apply to if you want to start a student company. I think it's in general, if you want to do something, you're going to have failures. You're going to have a lot of naysayers. You're going to have people that's going to doubt you, but you have to be the constant. You have to just tell yourself, like, I believe in this. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to you know, fight through anyone that's going to tell me that it's not possible.
0: Right, so yeah. I'm guessing you had your moments where you're like, "Oh boy!" Like, oh yeah, I of do course. Like- <laughs> I
3: mean, you're. I mean, I made tons of mistakes. You yeah. know, I mean, there's a lot of things I did wrong, but that's, you know, but I remain true, and I know the what I want to do, and like I said, like I feel like there's a purpose with the mm-hmm. tailoring you now, mm-hmm. so I'm going to keep, you know, working those long hours yeah. and keep yeah. making those same mistakes. I mean, not the same mistake, but keep making mistakes yeah. and learning from those right. mistakes. It might be the same mistake. Yeah, it could be <laughs> the same. You know, <laughs> I hope not, but you know, like that's. You know, you have to stay you know, in it. Yes. You know? So that's, that's what I would say.
1: We glossed over this a little earlier, but you mentioned you can kind of do anything, but that doesn't come without learning a craft, especially when, it, when you're talking about tailoring.
3: Yeah, of course. And you, you should <laughs> know your craft, of course. Don't start something you don't know anything about. <laughs> but, you know... Um,
2: then again, that's why YouTube exists. That's true.
3: <laughs> I'm speaking about that in a very digital <laughs> right. way. Um you know, I mean, yeah, I I've, I've love tailoring. I've learned a lot of it. I went to design school, you know, mm-hmm. there was a part of, it's been a part of me mm-hmm. and it's always going to be, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Don't start if you don't want to do it. <laughs> it's not, it's not easy. It's an investment too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Danielle, for you. Um, so you know, as someone who has been following your work on social media for a while, it, it's safe to say, definitely for my listeners, that you're you're an inspiration for a lot of them. I you know mean, you. they see what you're doing, and you're you're bringing representation and visibility to them in a way that um, is just not seen often. Um, so it's it's um, amazing to have you doing what you're doing. But I'm curious about like with your style. So I'm sure that when you first started, you know, wearing menswear did you feel like it was more attached to your identity? Like were you buying clothing because you're like, this is clothing that I feel looks good on me and because it's of the my identity. Yeah. And and if that's the case, would you then say that now it's not so much about your identity but about your style? Because you have great styles. So Thank you. I'm curious that like how things have changed over time when you first started as opposed to now.
2: Yeah. Um so I came out like pretty late. I came out when I was like twenty one. So when I was first dabbling with menswear, and um, kind of that like sporty urban athleisure yeah. way, yeah. It, it I felt like I needed to be in menswear. Yeah. Um, and, and, and when you're wearing like urban clothing again, like back then in the mm-hmm. early 2000s, there was a certain style and it just didn't exist yeah. in, in most women's um, collections. So back then, I think so. As I started to shift into suiting, because I was very uninformed and uneducated on the world of like suiting itself, mm-hmm. I thought that I, if I wanted to have that style, yeah. I had to shop menswear because there wasn't another option. Mm-hmm. Like most designers, even if you're thinking about some of your like, low-cost mainstream designers, like a czar or something, their women's collections are still very feminine, so I didn't have that option. So I shopped menswear like your top mans, your H&Ms at the time, because that's all I had. Um, And along the way, Kind of around the time that I first met Shao, another influencer showed me that women designers were starting to make women's suits that were like that boyfriend
0: mm, style. Mm-hmm, so I
2: would start to wear those great. with like jeans or trousers, but they never made the collection with match, matching pants. And if they did, they were very feminine. So okay. again, I was, I, I, I was forced right. in a sense to kind of buy mm-hmm. menswear and then meeting Xiao, Mm -hmm. slowly but surely, Mm -hmm. I started to dabble with, I guess you can just say custom, because there's no gender attached (laughs) to this. Right, right, but now now
0: it could be about your style though, right? Yeah. So So now now, you can go to Xiao and get something that you're just like, this is made for my body, now I can play with this. Yeah.
2: So, have fun. so what happened was, is that I would, I still do buy pieces that are menswear specific and it, it more so is for comfort for me. So I don't like certain things like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like when my shirts like They'll, are in they're my I have a feeling. Yeah. In arm yeah, the armhole. <laughs> 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 okay. She always corrects me, but like, I just don't like shirts sitting up there. Yeah. I've never liked it. Even when I was wearing women's wear, I thought I was supposed to wear women's wear. <laughs> um, so I shop certain pieces just because you can't make everything custom. Right. Um, right, right. but, Apart from that, like, shall just kind of allowed for my identity to resonate through my clothing yes. by having it fit a certain
0: way. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. That's so now it's just I really try to I don't always throw it out there because I don't need to overshare right. about like bi- non-binary clothing, but right. that's how I look at clothing. Like, there's no label. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. Of course. And most of my closet, honestly, 90% or more is all women's wear. Really? Yeah. Even if you think about my suits, like this pattern is a men's pattern, but it's constructed for me, a woman. Um, and it has, you could speak to this more, of course, <laughs> like, you know, the curves and the certain details yeah, right. so that it fits a woman. Right. Um, but all of my clothing, for the most part, all of my jeans, women's, it's, but it's how I wear it.
0: Yeah, I you mean, know. You, it, it looks great.
2: Thank you. My shoes, because I can't fit men's shoes. They just they don't well, come down a to a size that's a problem. five or they gotta, six. They got to
0: they got to work on they that a little bit. They need to. Yeah, they, they got to work on that. Or
2: create a line that's like this is a men's takedown, but there's the, so few.
0: They're yeah, so few. I
2: mean they're they're just too expensive. Yeah,
0: it is. I mean I I'm a I'm a six and a half in men's. I'm like a half size away from a world of men's shoes. that yeah. mm-hmm. kind of puts me in tears every time I think about <laughs> yeah. it. I was like oh, I know good. I know half size.
2: I, that is one question I get. Yeah all the time. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if I don't get more DMs on shoes and where I can buy them <laughs> from, I'm like...
0: <laughs> particular yeah. shoes? Yeah, That's so yeah. interesting.
2: I mean, because like when you're wearing a suit, you want the shoe to reflect right. that, of course. right? Of course. And so most women's shoes, even if it's a takedown from a man, like the tongue is still up there and it's like, it just, it's not the same look. It's just not the same look. Not as good. Not so, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. Um I think I'm ready for you to go ahead and should we open it up to questions? Over. <laughs> yeah, turn right. it over to our friends here.
3: Hi Shao, I have a question about your shop, the way that you kind of run your business. Do you find that some clients aren't exactly sure what they want? So do you offer any kind of samples like to see what a double breasted would look like or different shapes? Or is it all kind of from scratch? Um actually a lot of our clients come in not knowing what they want. <laughs> That's the beauty of going to a custom shops. So kind of talk out the concept and get that item made. Um, we have seasonal collections that we put out um, twice a year. So with that collection, when a client come in, they, they can see a lot, of, a lot of samples. And from those samples, they can kind of tell me what they liked about it, what, the, what they liked, what they didn't like. And then we can curate something based on that. So is that ready-to-wear then, too? Is it kind of like people could buy off the rack that that way, or is it just like a sample? It's just samples. samples. It's not ready-to-wear. We don't produce it to sell. Um, We just produce it as inspirational pieces.
1: It's a little more made-to-measure. Yeah, Yeah. it's very custom. How much did you have to learn about, because I know not all of your customers are are LGBTQ, how much did you have to sort of learn about that space when you started to realize that there was that real connection that was happening?
3: I learned a lot from Danielle.
1: <laughs> and She's the, your guru. And the yeah. floodgates opened up. <laughs>
3: and it's, it's you know, we we actually talk almost every day yeah. and we meet up, you know, very often. So we oh, these are like normal conversations that yeah. we just naturally have. And things that arise, you know, in on social media or arise in the space or in our daily lives, we always constantly talk about it. And I think that daily conversation is, you know, how I'm, like, so immersed, you know, and constantly growing.
2: I mean, I think just like us up here, like, we're constantly even still learning about the space. Mm -hmm. You know, even the extension, if I think of something like pronouns, that's not Mm -hmm. something we were using when I was in college. You know, just evolving (laughs) together, we're very honest with each other and open about what's going on.
1: Do you think uh, there was a, a, an article in the New York Times not too long ago about brands that are starting to have gender neutral tri- uh, fitting yeah. rooms and things like that. Um, why do you think it's taken so long for brands to sort of think about clothing less gendered and think about it more, as, a, as you said, an open space where anyone who has money can buy what they want?
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> I have my thoughts. So.
3: I mean, being in fashion for so long, the, this whole concept really is very new, you know? And like even when I was going to school, right? Like it was, do you want to study women's wear or do you want to study right. men's wear? Right. It wasn't just, do you want to study fashion design. You mm-hmm. know, it was very divided and it has always been. Um, and it, and it's very exciting to see you know, fashion starting to evolve and people starting to understand that at the end of the day, clothing is just clothing and design yeah. is design and creativity is creativity and there shouldn't be gender associated with it. And I, people are starting to understand that and I know a lot of brands are doing it because it's a trend mm-hmm. and they're doing it because they want more sales. Yeah. But I think that's, that's very um, obvious. It's very transparent. Like you can see that. You can yeah. tell when a brand is just doing it because it's what's trending right now and it's not really of their dna yeah Mm -hmm. you know and i think we try a lot to make sure that people that we work with people that we partner with and things that we get involved with has that authenticity to it isn't just oh i just want to be cool or trendy or you know
2: and i also think that this is when like the protests have been good you know whether it's people out in the street Mm -hmm. you know grassroots or if it's Mm -hmm. done on digital Mm -hmm. it's you know we're fighting back we're taking a stand that we need to move forward. Right. And evolve mm-hmm. as a you know, as, as a as a country, as a
0: world, as a community. Yeah. Society, exactly. Society, exactly. there we go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I know the word, I can't get it out. So many I thoughts got worry, Don't so worry thoughts. about it.
0: <laughs> but you know, so I, I do you know, I do get people that I help style sometimes and what I always I'm finding more and more are there people who are don't present as masculine. There are women who don't present as masculine mm-hmm. and they don't like what they have in, in terms of um, options for suits. Yeah. You know, so I, the fact that the tailor exists is really important because I think that it's funny to me that they can go into a store and they're women and they can go to the, men, the women's uh, department and they mm-hmm. still can't find what they're looking for.
3: No, because they can't find it. No.
0: You know, it, does, it doesn't exist for them. Yeah. So the I tailors- always
3: feel like the construction too. with... Women's clothing yes. for some reason it's always subpar. Yeah. It's yeah. never as good as the construction. I completely you know, agree with that. Like pockets, for example. I completely agree with that. There's no pockets on right. women's wear. Yeah. It's 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 or it's or as, as like if we like don't need it. Like right. It's right. like super small.
1: Yeah. Just we got to get you to buy bags. Detail. That's the thing, right? <laughs> right. So little
3: details like that really bothers me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like to see why? Right. Yeah. And yeah. the canvassing on a jacket, you know, a traditional jacket always has canvassing in the lapel and in the front chest. With if you buy even very expensive women's yes. suiting, yes, it's like a lining, a fusing, and a fabric. Mm-hmm. There's no construction. Right. You know, as if like we don't deserve to yeah. have that. So yeah. So I, I really you know. We, when we are creating suiting here, you know, every, the way we create a man's suit, right. you know, is the same as the way we create right. I mean, all the suits. It's all the same of our kind of suits construction. Are created it's construction the, same the same exact way. Yeah, yeah, with the canvas and all that. Everything, yeah. pockets, exactly. canvas, the pick stitching.
0: Like, why shouldn't it be there? It's the monogram? I mean, it's,
2: it's <laughs> it took a while for me to get that this was a woman's suit. I was like, no way, <laughs> <laughs> This is a man's suit. That's, that's just what it is. <laughs> You're like, <"I'll> call <laughs> no, I call it whatever.
0: Yeah, it's
3: only because you know. We all know like to fit uh, you know, bodies it's different. So
0: with
3: Danielle's suits it was we had to give her the style that she wanted, right. but also needed to fit her,
0: Right. You know, right. so
3: we play around with the patterns too.
0: And you guys deal that. with bodies, that's what you deal with, that's yeah. what's so great, yeah. just dealing with bodies. We're all just, types of we all bodies. Right? <laughs> we all have bodies, right? It's not a gender, it's a body, right? And, right. and
2: designers in mainstream don't think about that, not it's at just all. like, this is no, for them, this right. is for that. That's and you don't think right. about the shape, right. and you know, the bust, that's and right. all this and that, whether you're a man right. or- It's a
0: shape, yeah. it's, a, it's just a shape, that's all it is, right, at the end of the day. As a uh, takeaway, um, I'm gonna ask you both um, a question. I won't get crazy. You can see the look? She's like, "Don't you dare!" Don't you go? So this is something I ask pretty much everyone on my on my uh, podcast. And answer in whatever way you want. There are no wrong answers, and I'll let you go first. So you can think about it well, why do you um, have to? because yes. you can. You you got an answer already. I can feel it. <laughs> so didn't the question. We so. <laughs> well okay. So one one of the things that we talk about in the podcast is, and it's really important to um, stress the importance of authenticity, the mm-hmm. the, the importance of people just living their lives in a way that feels very authentic to them, right? Yeah. You know, If you wanna use pronouns, great, use pronouns. If you don't want to, you don't have to. If you, you know, if you have this identity and it's something completely separate from anything you've ever heard of before, then fine. But what is it that you do that makes you feel like you? And so I usually ask the question to complete the sentence, I feel most authentic when? You got this. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you got this. I feel sorry.
1: You can is- take a moment. I
0: feel like there's so much you could say. Come I, on. It's always, I always, know. Start thinking. Now <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> start here. Thinking. God damn it. Do you want me to do it first? Yeah, you go okay, ahead. Okay, great. I'm going to go first. Now, now you have time to think. Okay, so I think I feel most authentic when I am doing this right now. When I'm having conversations with people, when I'm connecting with them, and we're talking about usually these types of topics, but... In general, just talking to someone and listening to them and having a really authentic uh, com- conversation about life, about their struggles, about their their history, this is when I feel most authentic because I feel like I'm really there with them. We're having this really good, authentic like interaction.
2: Can I just say that's my answer? <laughs> I was
0: just you gonna can. say this. Yeah, but I don't thing. believe anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, It could, you know, it could be an activity. It could be like honestly,
2: I feel, I feel most authentic in so many different ways and spaces. It depends on the day, you know. Okay. So I feel most authentic when I'm in the gym. Why? Because I was an athlete first. Like I am a basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel most authentic when I'm in a suit because it's like my it's it's my costume. It's like my superhero. Yeah comes out I feel yeah. like you know yeah doing one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's my my armor all the way awesome. um and honestly I feel most authentic when I'm my slogan or my line is be free enough to be you so like I'm going to connect this all in one sentence but I feel most authentic when I'm free enough to be myself mm-hmm. yeah. with my partner walking down the street that's
0: awesome Good answer. See, you, know, you, you can could, handle. I had one in the back pocket. Yeah, <laughs> <had> a feeling. <laughs> Shout. It's gonna, not gonna be so uh-huh. hard. It's just gonna be easy.
3: Putting me on spotlight. Okay. It's. it's you know. um, you, I mean, I'm gonna. It's what you guys said, right? Like, I, I think I'm very proud to be who I am, mm-hmm. and I'm happy who I am. So I'm authentic when I'm just being me, yeah. you know? Yeah. When I'm doing, like, people that know me knows that, like, I, yes, I am very shy. <laughs> but when I'm just, like, in my own space, like, I am crazy and goofy and yeah. silly, yeah. and, you know, I never filter what I say. And yeah. you know, a lot of times I say the wrong things, but it's okay, because <laughs> it's me. Um, but in the context of, like, fashion, yeah. I definitely feel the most authentic when, and the most passionate when I am in the working zone, with working with a client and really being able to like curate and design something for them that they never thought they could have, mm. you know, or helping them create their, ide- like their visual identity, helping them tell the world how they see themselves, right. you know, and being able to help them tell that story. Like that's really important to me, yeah. and that's when I feel like the most authentic and passionate and like, it's like, I'm doing the right thing, this is what I want to do, and you know, I made the right choice to leave my job, and start this on my yes, own, and yes. struggle through it every yes. day. All
0: you right. know? See? So that's a fantastic answer. I love that <laughs> Thank answer. you. You
3: gave, you gave me like some time. But to think I, about I, it.
0: I did that on purpose for you. Um, but I, you know, I actually have one more question for you yeah. because um, someone asked about like when someone comes to you and they don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions do you ask them? Like simple questions. Yeah. Like
3: what, what do Things you ask? Things like them? what's your favorite color? Wow. You know. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Like. What do you wear, what do you want to wear the suit? Yeah. What is it What is it for? Yeah. You know, um, and that's you know these very simple questions, as simple as they may sound, get them really comfortable, mm-hmm. and they start talking, and then before you know, we're having like hour long conversation about their life and what they're doing on it's the weekend, true. and, well, and well, you know, your
0: office, and yeah. you also serve alcohol, so I am definitely say. serve
3: and macarons I mean, now. <laughs> so, it, you know, and um, I know you guys have never been to my space, but I have a very intimate studio space. You yeah. know, it's almost like walking into your friend's living room. You know, it's very small. It is. It's comfortable. It's nice. There's yeah. like great it music, nice. great lighting. And I do that on purpose because I want it to be a safe space. I yeah. want it to yeah. be a comfortable space. You know, I want you to be able to walk in and feel at ease mm-hmm. because it's not always easy to talk about, you know, your own insecurities with the way you look or your body or not being able to find what you want and to be able to go to space and sit down and work one-on-one with someone and talk to them about everything and, and then at the end walk away with you know, confidence and yeah. a beautiful piece that yes. you, like, dreamed about. Like, yeah. that's important, yeah. you know? Fantastic. so Fantastic.
2: And and for some of your listeners, yeah. because you said that they follow me. <laughs> yes, they definitely follow you. If-
0: <laughs> they definitely follow I you. I get really bashful. Can you <laughs> okay, not? <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Just the honest truth. That's all.
2: <laughs> but a lot of people tend to come in and say they want a suit like mine, or I right. want Danielle's that's, look. That's so great. you have to that's great. still know, though, right. why you want that suit, right. because... Mine is very much off of European style, so it's yep. very fitted. Okay. So if you're somebody that doesn't want a fitted suit, right. make sure you have all of those answers and questions for Xiao. She'll ask them as I'll well. I'll
3: ask them too. Like, yeah. You know, like we do get a lot of clients that come and say, I want to look exactly like Danielle. And I always ask them like, why, right. you know right. why, and question, what, what is it question. about Danielle's suit that you like, is it, you know, is it the stylist suit, right. or is it how it fits her, right. because those are very different things, exactly. you know, fits very personal, Right. Um, how it fits on her, if I do it on the client, yeah. they might not like it, right. you know, so that's those, you know, we uh, we have very extensive conversations about all of that, before we even get to the, the measuring part, we do that last,
0: right. for a reason. Right, right, but you make them feel comfortable, which is, yeah. like, you know, it's the big piece there, you know. Awesome. Good, good answer. <laughs> Those are great answers. I love them. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think we're going to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But thanks, guys, for listening today. This yeah, was awesome. Thank, thank, you. thank you for having, having us. Having yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thrilled to have you guys. This is really wonderful. We're going to have to do a part two. We're doing yeah. a part two. Okay. We'll do a doubt. part two. Yes. With wh- whiskey that's, and... That's when the whiskey's happening. <laughs> <laughs> a little great juice for me. I like the skinny girl no, just kidding. We, we have that great Goose for you.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, Corinne, for hosting today. Oh, it was so nice to sit back and kind of watch that today. Usually I'm in the driver's seat. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Chef, for thank coming. You. It was really a pleasure.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this live podcast recording of Transition of Style. I'd like to thank Xiao Yang of the Tailory NYC, Danielle Cooper of She's a Gent, and Joshua Williams of Faces and Places in FIT. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and comment, and we'll see you next time.